everyone, this is Brittany, and I'm here with Mackenzie, and you're listening to Rising Radiant Podcast. Today, we are so excited to be in our series of identifying identity, talking about understanding the importance of walking in our identity as believers. Today, we have the honor of hosting Bible teacher and speaker, Hosanna Wong. You're in for a very special treat. We hope you enjoy. Dude, I'm so excited to be with you guys today. Thank you for having me. Yes, what an honor. Brittany and I have talked about having you on this podcast for months now. So this is such an honor to have you with us um, in our living room, like we're just having coffee with you. I love it. I love it. And um, everybody who's listening today, you guys are in for a real treat. Hosanna is so powerful. She's gifted beyond measure. She is a international speaker. She's a spoken word artist. She's a Bible teacher. She's an author. And she just has a lot of influence in the kingdom and just a huge mantle on her life for authority and identity. And so as everybody knows, who's been listening along on our identifying identity series. I, uh, Hosanna was our next favorite person to have join um, on this episode, and we believe she has something so powerful to release today for everybody listening on the message of identity. So Hosanna, we would love if you could just start off with just like a brief synopsis of your story and um, just your journey um, as a believer and just what's kind of propelled you into this ministry that you walk in with identity. Thanks. Yeah, I grew up on the streets of San Francisco. Um, my dad was a heroin addict, a gang banger who fought in a Chinese gang, and a thief and a pimp who found Jesus Christ, and Jesus changed his whole life. And he ended up planning an outreach to those living on the streets in San Francisco, those without homes and those battling addictions. And so that's how I grew up. Uh, that's how I learned about church. We had church on the streets there. Uh, I learned later in life when other people said they also grew up in church. We were not talking about the same thing, <laughs> but um, I, uh, that's how I learned that Jesus could redeem anybody's life. And I also on the streets there learned the art of spoken word poetry. So I learned hip hop and spoken word there. They taught me the art of spoken word. I also learned the art of poker there, but I only pursued one of those career ambitions. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think a lot of listeners can relate no matter where they're from or no matter, you know, what area they're from or city they're from or what kind of background they're from. Sometimes when we see things a little too young or we have to grow up too early or we hear words or see images we know we were not meant to see. Like when we're young and we have to process things, sometimes we don't know how to process. We don't know how to react. We don't know what to say. We don't know how we feel. And actually the art of spoken word poetry allowed me this medium of writing down my feelings, emotions, the things I had seen on the streets, and then memorizing them and getting to share them at small open mics in the city, hole in the wall, underground slam poetry scene. You know, it really was therapeutic for me. Then when I was 17 years old, um, my daddy got cancer. And when I was 18, he passed away. And after that moment, you know, my dad was this preacher. My mom was this teacher, volleyball coach. My, my sister was a singer songwriter. And I didn't have any of those skills. I didn't see any of those futures for me. I, I really had this one hobby that I loved and it was kind of silly and it was kind of weird and people didn't really do it uh, to talk about Jesus, but it was kind of all I had. And and now when I think about it, I, I love that we serve a God that will use things that are kind of silly and kind of weird yeah. to talk about him. So yeah. it was really just my hobby. It was just what I loved. 
And so I decided I'm going to use this to mm. talk about Jesus. Yeah. And perhaps there is not silver lining to losing my dad. A lot of people, when you lose somebody, a relationship, a loved one, you're grieving something that was truly traumatic. People will say, well, you know, the silver lining is, well, you know, the silver lining to the situation is, and I think I found maybe not silver lining, but a silver bullet hmm. in that loss. And it is when I can take that anger and that pain from that real loss, and I can use it in moments towards righteous anger, towards the anger, towards the things that cause death, that cause hmm. division, that cause loss. When I can use it as righteous anger and fight against the principalities of L, there's not really silver lining, but sometimes there's a silver bullet. God, how can I use what I've gone through to tell people that you too can redeem their story and who they've been because I've seen it. So now I have to talk about it. So I use spoken word poetry as kind of the medium to do it because it's all I knew how to do. And um, after I got my degree in creative writing and a minor in theology to try to mix these worlds together, the way the world speaks, what I learned on the streets, and also what does the Bible say? And how can I, I use this medium to talk about the truth about who Jesus is and how he affects their lives? Um, after graduating, I packed my life into suitcases. Actually, 10 years ago this summer, I packed my life into suitcases and started traveling the country talking about Jesus through spoken word poetry. And I lived in guest rooms, cots, couches, and hotel rooms for about four and a half years. Performing wow. um, spoken word poetry three to five days a week. Then I got invited to talk longer, do full messages, sermons. It's like spoken word poetry, but longer, like less rhyming and less <laughs> Like a little bit of rhyming, a little rhyming, but just less. Um, and then I got the opportunity to do that. And so now it's, you know, this summer is 10 years since I said yes to doing wow. something silly and a little weird and honestly, very scary. Not mm -hmm. sure if I heard God right. Not sure. I'm not really the person to do things different. I'm not a travel bug. I'm not a rebel. I, I, it didn't sound right to go against the status quo or right to do something that there was no rubric for. Mm -hmm. But now, of course, I'm so glad I said yes. Mm -hmm. Um. God just wasn't calling me to do something, but he was calling me to be someone. And I still believe in that silver bullet that God will use whatever you've gone through mm -hmm. to show off who he is if we let him. And so now I, you know, now I still do spoken word and now I still speak. Um, and I'm just more confident now more than ever that God is who he said he is. And so I just keep doing that. And that's just what I do. That's, that's my story. <laughs> I love that. So powerful. I love that because Kenzie and I talk so much about how, you know, the enemy wants to disqualify us through our pains and the traumas that we go through in life, but how God actually uses those as our qualifiers. And he actually uses that to launch us into our purpose. And it's like, I look back at the most painful parts of my life and I'm like, I, I wouldn't be who I am. And I wouldn't walk in the authority that I walk in had I not walked through the hardships that I did. And so I love you describing that as a silver bullet. Cause it's like, that is so powerful and it's like, as you were speaking, I'm like, I love how much fierceness you carry in, in, and like strength that you carry in that, no, I'm going to, I'm going to run at the things that tried to take me and I'm going to run at the enemy and I'm going to shout even louder that God is a redeemer and he is a restorer. And he, you know, he comes in, in these dark places that the enemy yeah. tried to convince me that he didn't work in. And I'm going to prove to the world that Jesus is who he says he is. And so I respect that so much about you and I think it's like our generation 
needs to be more like that, where it's like we don't just get so overtaken by the attacks of the enemy, but yet we allow those things to fuel us to get up and go like, no, I'm going to set more people free. And no, I'm going to shout louder that God's a redeemer and he's a healer and he's a restorer and all of these things. Can you touch more, Hosanna, on just like how like how God can twist those hard things in our life and, and use it as our platform, but like how he can use us to reach other people through those things. And we can, like, how do we allow that the Lord to work like that in our lives versus getting bitter in it? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Wow. Well, I would say that um, I appreciate you saying that I speak with fierceness and boldness and I certainly want to, and I certainly hope to. And I say, I would say that I have a luxury um, in this season I'm in, in that I've already failed a lot. And I've already fumbled a lot. And so for anyone mm. listening, that's like, I want to start something new. I want God to use my story, but I don't know how I'm scared of starting something new. You guys were sharing about you starting this podcast and what that looks like in the season you started it in, how to start small when you're not sure where it's going to go, how you're authentically starting something that God's called you to do, but you're not really sure where it's going to end up. Like, how do we become starters? How mm, do we have yeah. faith in something where we don't know what God's going to take it to? And like you said, how do we use who we really are and the brokenness that we've come from. How do we know how to use it, when to use it? And I would say that I have a luxury in that I have started a lot. I have failed a lot. I have fumbled through a lot. And so I've already lived through a lot. So failure doesn't scare me now because I've lived through it a lot. And I hope we become a generation of people that aren't afraid to start, that aren't afraid to risk, that know that he will rescue us, that he's a good God. He likes rescuing us, redeeming us. He wants to use all we've been through. He's with us. We're not alone in yeah. wanting to share about him. Mm. We're not alone in wanting to use our brokenness to show off who God is. Like we're not alone in that. And so yeah. I think that it is not, you know, a question of are, am I called to do it or does God want me to do it? But it's, you need to take a step forward without knowing what the end result will be. You need to take a step forward in obedience before you have the perfect opportunity or the um, ideal amount of resources sometimes or the perfect 10-year plan of what is this going to look like that God has so much, oh man, he loves you so much and he has so much purpose for your life and you are absolutely a part of his plan to reach people. So you need to take a step without fear of failure, without fear of people's opinions. And no, just mourn it right now that you will fumble. Like, yeah. we, need yeah. not, we need to not be people that are like, oh, what if I fumble? It's like, let's mourn it now. I'm <laughs> right. so good. I love that. Not everyone's going to like me. I'm going to have typos in the graphics I make that I share. I'm going to fumble <laughs> long reference when I preach all this. I'm going to, but I'm I'm okay with fumbling. I will Amen. fumble through this. I will fumble, but I will be faithful. And I will not allow fear of fumbling to stand in the way of my faithfulness. So, so good. I think we're like, well, how do I do? How do I do it? It's like, you need to start where you are to yeah. the person right next to you, to the next yes God is giving you. Don't wait for the perfect yes. Just make the next yes. Amen. So I think that's, I think hopefully you also one day, everyone listening, have the luxury of I've fumbled through a lot. Hopefully you have the luxury of, I have failed through a lot. And so now I am more fearless than ever because I already know he's going to rescue me the next time around. Hopefully you too Amen. get that luxury. 
That is so good. I love that you said that of like the fear of failing. Cause I think there's so much freedom to be released in that. I think there's such a like perfectionist mindset people have. And so I love that. I think people often like wait for the permission slip in the kingdom, you know, to do something. And it's like, what is the permission slip? I think the permission slip is like, is it going to impact the kingdom of God? And do you have a rooted identity? And I think for you, it's like, like you were saying, it's like, no, our, the world is like, we have the permission slip to make any influence we want in the kingdom. We just have to take that first step of obedience. And so I guess my question for you is what's like, what was your first step in after understanding your identity and like walking in restoration and healing and protecting your heart and all these things, like what was like a practical step you walked in of surrender to like, let the Lord use you and your story to share with the world? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I, I think, you know, there's, there's a verse that's actually um, really revolutionized my ministry um, that I think would help me answer that a lot better. There's a lot of times when we think about sharing our story or we think about going into the world and how can we change the world and what can we do and, and how, you know, how can we do it well? We think a lot about, you know, we need to go into the world, right? We need to go into the world, change the world. And if you feel called to go to other countries, I know you were sharing about trips that you do. I'm rooting you on. I hope you do that. But the verse that I think I got wrong a little bit that God has really used to revolutionize my life in recent years is Acts 1.8. Can I share it? Yes. Yeah, oh, we would love that. Um, Acts 1.8, Jesus says this. So I'm plagiarizing, you know, <laughs> somebody very smart. <laughs> Acts 1.8 says, here's the knowledge you need. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses first here in Jerusalem, then beyond to Judea and Samaria and finally to the farthest place of honor. Mm. So what I want to say to anyone listening that maybe can relate to my story or relate to a place of, man, I really want to use this to share who God is. How do I do that? What's something practical? I think I always miss the practicality of this verse. I was always like, I got to go to the farthest places on earth. So what can I do and how big can it be? And how many people can come alongside of me? And what's the branding? And I'm serious. And those are all actually th- things that are my strengths, yeah. that I'm an activator, that I want to go reach people far from God, that I'm good at helping businesses and ministries with their, with their brandings and strategies. It's actually a strength of mine. But, and God can use all of our strengths in those ways. But when we put the emphasis on the end of the verse, we miss it. Wow. Because it is not the sole point of Jesus's commission, and it is certainly not the order. It says, first, before you go, you must be filled. It says, here's the knowledge you need. You're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit. And so this is the practical thing I would say to people that say, how do I share my story? How do I transform the shame that has held me back to help propel people to move forward? Is first, you have to be filled. Because what I don't want us to be is a generation that's going forth filled with our own strategies Amen. or a generation. Cause perhaps if you guys went forth in your own strategies, maybe you would have waited for a better time to start your podcast. Mm-hmm. If you guys were w- wanting to go forth with your own preferences or priorities, maybe you would have waited longer waiting for the perfect time to say yes, instead of the moment God was calling you to say yes. Right. Like from anyone listening, we do not want to be people that go into the world with our own priorities, our own preferences, our own plans, our own strategy, or our own egos. Can somebody say amen? We do not amen. want to do that. <laughs> we want to first be filled. So I believe you will discover who you really are when you take time out of your life to sit in the presence of God. Amen. And that is not cute, but this work is not cute. And yeah. that is, may not be popular or public, but this work is rarely popular or public. 
And I'm saying that we need to first receive the Holy Spirit in our own private lives. We want to stand in front of the world. We need to be privately on our knees. Amen. We need to be saying, you know, one of the prayers that God really convicted me to pray in the beginning of 2020, even before we had shutdowns, was prompting me to pray these two questions. God, what do you want me to do? And God, what do you want me to say? Mm. And at the time it was like, obviously, like who the heck else am I going to ask? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? So I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. God, I'm going to pray those prayers. And when the (laughs) shutdown happened, it became more apparent how easy it was going to be for me to just do what everyone else wanted me to do or say what perhaps I thought culture wanted me to say and that I could react out of what I thought the world needed in that moment. Wow. And instead, I'm so grateful for God's grace that was available for me to come on my knees, to come in my living room in the morning and say, so what do you want me to do? Not what is the other women that are my friends and coworkers that have similar careers to me? What are they doing? But what do you want me to do? Yeah. And what do you want me to say? I don't want to just be someone who just reposts what the world wants me to repost. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to say mm-hmm. because of who I am Amen. in this generation, mm-hmm. because of my race, because of my gender, because of my background, because of who you made me to be and you placed me alive in this moment? What do you want me to do, God? And what do you want me to say? Because before we go to Jerusalem, where we are, to Judea and Samaria, it's the place a little bit further, mm-hmm. and to the ends of the earth, wherever we're going, We want to first be filled. So as you're asking me just kind of like, how can people really know who they are? We have to be listening to God's voice more than anybody else's. And I actually uniquely, I love social media. I love the tool that we have to reach people on the furthest places on earth. I hope we interrupt the scroll with truth. I hope we interrupt fear with peace. I actually love it. And how I'm able to enjoy it and use it as a tool is I'm not on it more than I'm in the word of God. And I know what God says about me. So when I'm on social media, I can enjoy it because no one can say anything to me. And I'm like, oh man, maybe that's true about me. No, because just ratio wise, I (laughs) heard more. And so I enjoy it and I love it. I love using it. So I'm actually not against social media. Know what God is saying. So more So you can be a leader on social media and use his words to tear down the lies on social media. I actually uniquely love it. And I feel called to it for this generation. I know many do too. So that's something practical. I would say when and how are you going out of your way to hear what God says about you? Because I know we're a generation that wants to know who we are and what we've been put on this earth to do. But I'm nervous that we've become a generation that's ignoring the exact key that will tell us who that is and what to do. The key is here and we need to go out of our way to make God's voice the loudest in our lives to access the key and to move forward in your purpose. Amen. That's the practical thing. I think sit in his presence and discover your voice. So powerful. Mm. I love that Hosanna. I just think that's so powerful. I think of the story of David, you know, and what Bill Johnson always says of like, you have to be able to seek the Lord in the secret place, you know, before he's going to exalt you over a Mm. nation. And I think that it just reminds me of what you're saying of like, we need to go to the secret place for filling and to get equipped. And I think so often we skip to that next step of like, what's our purpose? What's our, what's our passion? What's our, like, what's our plan for why we're on this earth? And it's like, that is so found in the secret place and being rooted in the identity of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, and I also just absolutely love what you were saying about social media and hearing from the Lord. I think that, you know, being a Christian, it's like, we talk about that so much when we're having little chats of like, it is being a Christian is not the cool popular way. It's 
unglamorous. It often looks like going lower and lower and taking the high road every single day, right? And and saying the uncool thing or or yeah. shifting culture. And so that's something that I love that you do and you do it in such an uninhibited way. You're not scared, you know, to release truth. And, and I yeah. think it comes because you're so you're so seated and so positioned in a place of like deep, deep authority and identity with the Lord. Amen. Thanks That's guys. so powerful. So I love that we share that heart. Praise God. I love mm-hmm. that. I was thinking of the, Brittany and I were listening to a couple of your messages and one of them, you talk about Shadmak, Meshach and Abednego. And you talk about like coming out of the fire and not smelling of smoke. And I absolutely love that because I was having a conversation with somebody a couple days ago about it and how you just encourage people, I think, to walk in that of just like, don't be scared of the fire because it's something that equips you right in your purpose and in your destiny. Mm-hmm. And just like the man the mandate you have over your life of what God wants you to release. And so I look at your life and I think, wow, you are somebody that has lived through the fire. You've had so many, you know, you have a crazy testimony of what you've lived, but I think that you walk in that, like you've, you've come out of, you know, this whole story of, you know, your childhood and what you've been through and you have this insane authority over the fire. And so I kind of wanted to like talk about a little bit of like, what if we shifted our perspective of like the fire is actually like a filling for people, right? It's like mm-hmm. this place of getting equipped for our destiny. And I think sometimes we we try to run from the fire. We try to run from like those trench seasons or the barren seasons or something that God's trying to do in the hard seasons. But actually like those are the most pivotal in establishing our identity sometimes. Yeah. And I think that that's, I look at like painful seasons of my life or actually what propels you most into your purpose and understanding your identity, I think. So I just wanted to open that up and I'd love to hear you speak more about that because I think you, um, you articulate it in such a profound way. Oh man. Thanks. Thanks for watching that online. Is that a sermon online? I was like, oh, I didn't even know that sermon was online. Praise God. Yes, hey, girl, praise God. It. I <laughs> think it's like a little, cl- a little clip, but I absolutely oh, love that story yeah. of, yeah, of them in the fire in Daniel. And I think yes. like, man, that's such a word over our generation. Like we're living in the fire right now of this pandemic. Yeah. People need yeah, to shift. There is a clip. I think it's on my website. So if anyone wants a more put together response to this question <laughs> my website hosannawong.com I do think it's like a few minute clip there is a few minute clip there um you know I think something I learned is that like the fire is not my enemy yeah wow and we can spend so much of our lives running from the fire but throughout the bible we learn a lot of things about fire how the fire can at times reveal to us what we're really made out of it can refine us to make us the 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 best version of us to make us more like Christ. So we're running away from a fire. We're running away from fumbling. We're running away from losing, but sometimes it's in our fumbling and and what we've lost that we realize what we didn't really need and what we needed the most. So we're trying to run away from something that God wants to use to reveal what we're really made of, to make us more of who we are. But specifically with that story and that message that God has really put on my heart about the fire, right? We have these three teenage boys that said, we're not going to bow down to this statue because we believe in the one true God. And then they got thrown into a fire. And for so many of us, it's so much easier to say, I believe in a God that can rescue me from a fire, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to prove it. Mm. And they go through the fire 
And after they step out of the fire, all of these other people saw that what these three teenage boys were talking about was real. And the, the King Nebuchadnezzar saw these three boys standing in the fire. And there was a fourth person. So it looks like they were not alone in the fire. And if nothing else, when we go through the fire, we at least get closer to the presence of God. But it was because King Nebuchadnezzar saw three teenage boys who said, our God is real and our God is able. He saw them in the fire. It's because a nation found out that these three teenage boys walked through a fire and survived a fire that they were able, they were no longer mandated to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's statue anymore. So here's my heart for this generation. We want to show a generation that God is real and that God is able, and it will take some of us walking through a fire. But there is a generation that wants to see, can we stand in the middle of a fire? Can we? I've heard all these Jesus people say, you can have hope. You can have victory. You can be set free, but I haven't seen them. Mm. I've heard all these people saying what Jesus can do, but I haven't seen them post on social media about what Jesus is doing in their life. I haven't seen other people say that they're going through a hard time and the hope they're having in Jesus. I've heard people talk about Jesus metaphorically, but I haven't seen someone live through a fire and still have faith in a fire and stand in a fire and come out of a fire. I'm saying that this generation needs to see you be real. This generation needs to see women that can stand in the middle of a fire. The fire is not the enemy. The fire can reveal to you who you really are and what you're made of. It can refine you to be who God's created you to be. Let's burn away the things that have held us back. Let's burn away our finding our identity and our jobs and our egos and our reputations and our plans. Let's burn it away and let's show a generation that we can stand in the middle of a fire and now they can stand too. The fire is not the enemy. People need to see people stand in the middle of a fire. Yeah. Mm. So good. Mm. Yep. I, I absolutely love that. It's like what, and it's what you get in the fire. It's like, you look at people who, you look at people who come out the other side and it's like, they have an insane authority over what they just walked through. And I look at your life, I look at your life and it's like, that's, I think we do it. We have to shift our mindset. I think there's such like a negative connotation to that. So I love that word that you speak. That's so good. Thanks. And we'll just end going back to what I said about Acts 1-8. I have lived so much of my life in fear of the fire. And you would have seen that, I think, in the clip. I've lived so much of my life in fear of the fire. And my charge to this generation is that we don't live in fear of the fire of man. What will they say? What will they think? But we instead live fueled by the fire of God. Before you go, be filled with God's power. Before you post, be filled with what you know God's calling you to say and what God's calling you to do. First be filled before you go and you won't be as afraid of the fire of man because you've been fueled by the fire of God. I just think we need to be posting with conviction on social media. We need to be speaking to people out of conviction when we're talking to them, forgiving people, loving people. We have got to be filled with God's power. What can man do to us? The people we're living to please God has called us to tell them the truth about who they are. Be fueled with the fire of God. That's what I would encourage this generation to do. That is so good. And I love just, just tagging off what you're saying. I think it's so like, I, I feel like you're saying this also, but it's like, you know, when we go to the Lord to be filled and we know what the Lord says about us, it's like nobody else, no media outlet, no person around us, no billboard, no movie, no anything can define us because we've already been defined. And 
And I think it's like, I've seen like, man, the, the enemies, one of the enemy's biggest weapons is to come at our identity and to belittle who the Lord has said we are. And I think our issue as a generation is that we go to the wrong things to find out who we are and we go to the wrong things to define us. And I, it's like, I just look at the way the enemy attacks everybody. And it's like, he goes straight at the core of who God designed them to be. And he says, you're not, you're not this thing. And so can you just briefly touch on like, how can we be on guard of that? Like, how can we protect ourselves from the lies and the accusations of the enemy telling us who we're not? Well, if we go to people or culture or the world to find out who we are, then we're giving them authority to take away who we are as well. So when we find it in the secure, even good things, even good things, we're not meant to replace God. Even good things that we find our identity in, our relationships, our spouse, our jobs, our family, even good things. This is not just about when you find your identity and your image or people's opinions or addictions. It's also the good things that we've made God things that we find our identity in. But when we lose that job or that relationship breaks up, the thing we found our identity in, we have given them authority to take it away. And that's why it is so important that your relationship with Jesus is the actual most important relationship in your life. Not just saying it, but going out of your way to make that one-on-one ongoing conversation relationship real in your life. It's so important. And I've had times when I have found my identity in the wrong things and they were taken away. And I had to remember where I'm really from and who I really am. And it makes sense that the enemy's greatest threat is children of God knowing who they are. It makes a lot of sense because if we knew we were loved, then we would just start living like we were loved. And if we knew we were chosen and called, we would start living like we were chosen and called. And the enemy can't change who we are. He doesn't have that kind of power. So his best plan is to make us doubt who we are. So we answer to lesser names and live lesser lives. Mm, And so I think the enemy has thrown every strategy he can to make the women listening on this podcast think you're second place. You're not enough. You're unworthy. You should be ashamed. You're garbage. You're forever broken. I think he's gone out of his way to say, I actually can't change who they really are. I'm just going to try to make them doubt who they are so they don't discover what I know, which is that they have a purpose on their lives, that they are called for such a moment like this moment right now, that they're beautiful and that they're worthy. I hope they never find out. And if you are ever not sure, you can go back to the word of God to be reminded. And we will keep doubting who we are the more we keep separating ourselves from God's word and having a real ongoing conversation with him every single day but i'm i'm so sick of the enemy having victory in this generation we're just going to the wrong people to define us and some of us we think we go to these people to tell us who we are or we just find our own um security in ourselves perhaps i am god and we we can we need to find our identity in something more stable than our own feelings <laughs> more stable than you know what we're feeling that day or what we're thinking that day because god knows that's changing all the time especially uh, yeah it cannot be based on how fly i feel today because if i don't feel fly tomorrow then i don't know who i am anymore no the word of god is stable and sure and i need to come back to it and you know what people might you know it may not be the most glamorous thing that might not be what people want to hear 
But I think the enemy might be having victory in the fact that some of us are not accessing the key to our identity by not reading the word and not going out of our way to talk to God every day, because maybe we think it's some religious box to check. Maybe your parents forced you to read it as a kid. And you're like, I don't want to have faith because my parents forced me to. And that's, that's good. You don't want to be forced to have faith or I don't want to just be a religious person. And that's good. You don't want to be just a religious person. But I think that maybe those defense mechanisms or those things rooted in maybe some truth the enemy has used as a weapon against us and stood in the way of us accessing the key to our identity at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you know, this may not be the most easily accessible thing. It may not be the most aesthetic thing or the cutest thing. It may not be made from this generation, but it was made for this generation. It was made for this generation to know who they are. If you know what God says about you more than what anyone else says about you, then you can tell this world who they really are. You can be a part of this world knowing how love and called they are. Don't we want to be a part of that? Don't we want to go everywhere and know everyone around me knows how loved and valuable they are? We can be a part of making that happen. Hosanna, that's so powerful. That's so good. Girl, I want to, I always, I always hate ending podcasts because I just get so pumped. I'm like, let's just keep talking and talking and talking forever. We can talk to you all day, honestly. And we're like, we don't want to close this out. It's like, especially when it's the number one topic that I'm passionate about. But closing identity, I'm so passionate about it. And for this generation and Mm -hmm. specifically for women, I'm just so passionate about us knowing who we are and what we carry and how God wants to use us to shift the culture that we live in. Yeah, I think that's powerful. And I would say that there's a lot of lies I've overcome in my life, but it wasn't once. It wasn't. And then I overcame the lies and then I found my identity. And now we're having this podcast. It's like when I have not been in the word of God, those same lies from 15 years ago come back in different ways. Wow. They come back the same lies I have conquered 15 years ago have come back into my life in the career I have now and the life I have now in different ways. When I'm not in the word of God, now I'm believing these lies. Now I'm not living as I'm created to live. So I have to constantly be in God's word and constantly shutting out the noise of the world that demands my attention more than God's word. I have to constantly be doing that. So the enemy has no victory over my life. It's constant. It is constantly in the word. I was in the word before I talked to you guys because I don't want to say what I want to say. I want to say something better. I'm in the word. You know, this is, I have it all the freaking time. Can I say that? I have to be in the word all the time because I'm going to forget if I'm left to my own emotions. I'm going to forget if I'm left to my own feelings. I'm going to forget if it's just based on what people think about me. So it's not just, hey, discover your identity, everybody. Goodbye. It's, hey, discover who you are every single day. And the yeah. world cannot tell you who you are. Amen. Amen. I love that too, Rosanna, because it's like you think of like the enemy's not creative. You know, it's like you're right. The same thing that you struggle, you struggled with or the lie that the enemy got you with when you were 14 or 15 years old is probably the same thing he's trying to get you with in your late 20s because he doesn't have any new tactics. So I love that. Like it is such a process. And I think that's just such a good practical reminder for people. Like this is a daily thing. Like God is our daily bread and we need to be in the word every single day. And it's not just, Oh, when I feel like it or, Oh, when I'm feeling discouraged by the enemy, but it's 
know, like we need to be in the word every single day to overcome the lies. And I think I just love that you reiterated that to our listeners, because if people just take one thing away, it's like, you need to be in the word for a fresh feeling every single day of your identity. It's not a one and done thing. And you reach a spot that you're, you know, secure enough or confident enough or, or whole enough. I think it's just a process and journey our whole life. Yeah, that's good. You were trying to wrap up this podcast and I didn't let you. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll... There's no need to wrap up. Let's just continue on. (laughs) We we, seriously, we get so fired up on these. We're like, oh, we got another two hours here. Let's try to keep going. But we would love... It's like you... We've both said like you just... You have such a gifting on your life for identity. And so we would love to just close in the last minute of just having you release a prayer over our listeners, whatever you feel prophetically. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus, we want to do what you want us to do. And we want to say what you want us to say. That is what we want to do. So would you bring to mind, would you bring to mind for every single person listening, what is it that you want each of us individually that are listening to this podcast, wherever we are in our car, at home, doing the dishes, taking a walk. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Would you give us new ideas? Would you give us new strategies of how to reach the people that are right next to us and show your love to them? Would you remind us who we are every single day? And God, would you open new doors? Would you open doors for us to take the next step, new doors for us to obey you more fearlessly, open doors for us to talk about you more naturally with people right next to us. Would you open doors? And God, when you tell us what you want us to do and when you open the doors, would you give us the courage to walk through them? Mm-hmm. Would you give us the boldness to not live in fear of the fire of man, but instead to be fueled by the fire of God? Would you give us the courage to say, I'm more afraid that people won't know you than I am afraid of people not liking me? Mm-hmm. And God, would you give us all those things in your name. Remind us who we are. God, would you tell us what to do and say? Would you open the doors and give us the courage because we only want to be who you've created us to be, nothing less. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Hosanna. Thank you guys for having me. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Let's go. as if he saw it coming, that we'd spend our whole lives searching for what our identity, what our real name was, and that there'd be many moments in our lives where we'd let different kinds of names define us. When we've looked in the mirror, compared ourselves to pictures, and heard the name ugly, when we've been left by loved ones, people we trusted once, and heard the name unworthy, 
when we've been drowning in discouragement, living in a seemingly never-ending crisis and heard the name forgotten, when we've had our hopes up and our hearts open only to be brought down by closed doors and we've heard rejected, when we look for infinite affirming love through lesser physical fleshly versions, when we give it away or when it was stolen and we hear impure, we hear garbage, when we go to other vices to ease our pain and we hear addict, we hear forever broken when we feel like we're living in the shadow of someone else's calling and we hear second place when our pain cripples us to a point where we don't even know how to let others in and we hear lonely when our past seems too gross for others to forgive and we hear disgusting it's overwhelming these voices we're constantly hearing and suffocating this air of constant critique and comparing and it's sort of amazing the people whose voices I've allowed to name me the power I've given to my past to my mirror and to my surroundings and enabled them to identify me the amount of years I've spent living up to whatever others say over me but God says something else about me it's like he knew there would be other voices. So he wrote his voice down in a timeless book of truths that would remind us over and over again in the moments when lies would block his truths and somehow make us forget. I'm going back to the source, not the people I've allowed to represent God to me, but the actual, literal, tangible words that he has written down for me. And there's some other names he's given to me. John 15, 15, he calls me friend. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, he calls me chosen. Ephesians 2, 10, he calls me his workmanship. He calls me his art. He calls me handmade. He calls me purposed and fashioned for good things. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, he calls my body a temple. He calls it the residence of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 8, he calls me his messenger to the world. Galatians 3, 26, he calls me his child. Romans 5, 8, he calls me greatly loved. John 8, 836 he calls me free free indeed second corinthians 517 he calls me brand new and it's amazing how different these names are from the names i'm used to listening to and in my journey to discover who i really am in my battle to uncover the truths of myself i've learned something new about my name and now this is what i am certain of my name is not the name the world calls me. My name is not the name my past called me. My name is not even the name my own mirror calls me. But my name, my name is the name I answer to. And I can choose today from this moment forward to answer to a new name. When I hear lonely, that's not me. When I hear disgusting, that's not me. When I hear unworthy, I don't even look over my shoulder. When I hear broken, they must have confused me. Please look elsewhere. When I hear ugly, abandoned, useless, forgotten, I figure someone just has to remind them. Maybe those were my old names, but they're no longer the names that I respond to. My name is the name I've chosen to spend my days living up to. And if these other voices are not saying the same thing that 
that the truth is I look in my mirror and I repeat this they have no right to be speaking to you when you stop answering to your old names they stop having power over you the name that my father eternity's author the world's creator has called me are the only names that I answer to when I hear friend of God that's my name God's workmanship that's my name chosen that's my name love wanted created with a purpose that's my name God's temple that's my name God's messenger that's my name free that's my name child of God you must be looking for me greatly loved you must be calling for me brand new that is my name that is the name that I respond to the enemy has no power here perfect love God is calling you. Maybe it's not the name you grew up with. Maybe it's not the name your old friends associate you with. Maybe it's not the name that your whole life you were used to identifying with, but it's the name you now answer to. So when the enemy tries to get to you, it's the name you introduce yourself with. As for me, my name is Wow, isn't Hosanna so incredible? What an absolute honor to host her on Rising Radiant. Y'all stay tuned for all that's coming on Rising Radiant. We have some exciting things coming for you and make sure you hit the subscribe button below so you don't miss an episode of Rising Radiant. And also, you're gonna wanna stay connected with Hosanna. She has some exciting things in store this season with all that's coming in her life and her ministry. So be sure to follow her at Hosanna. Wong is her Instagram handle, and you can also find her at www.hosannawong.com. So thank you all for tuning in. Grab a friend, share this podcast. Life is better shared with somebody, and we'll talk to you soon.